0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is time for another edition of the BetQLU Podcast, presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks, Tom. Bet up to $600 risk-free. Open a BetMGM account using bonus code ELI600 and your first bet is totally risk-free up to $600. And of course, BetMGM is again the king of sportsbooks. BetMGM offers the ultimate sports betting experience with innovative parlay selection features, special odds boosts, daily promotions, and much more. Turn game day into payday at BetMGM. Download the app and sign up today with promo code ELI600 to get that Risk-free bet up to $600. Tommy, I've never called you Tommy on the podcast before, but I'm a little upset after that Michigan second half went up in flames, that ticket, because Michigan missed their last eight shots.
1: Yeah, that's something. I know we were uh, we were expected to talk about Michigan and Gonzaga, and it hasn't turned out that way. The, the good news is this, though. I, I know you lost that Michigan second half, but you were going to bet them against the Zags, so you were going to lose money either way because the Zags killed that team. That Dickinson would have gotten eaten alive down low. He would have gotten in foul trouble. Uh, listen, it, it, it's been a collision course all year. The Zags and Baylor, uh, I think that's what we're going to get in the finals. You know, earlier in the year, I thought Baylor would win
0: that game. I just don't know how you pick against this Gonzaga team right now, though. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And just going through the box a little bit. I mean, Dickinson was kind of efficient. Five of 10 for the field, 11 points, but missed so many gimmies at the basket. And then Wagner missing that three late in the final couple minutes or the final minute of the game, final 30 seconds. And then Eli Brooks gets a wide open layup and rushes it at the rim. Juzang misses the second free throw. Mike Smith actually got a good look. Michigan. No, we're not the unofficial post game podcast of the Michigan Wolverines, but it was just pathetic how poor Michigan's offense in the half court was in the second half. When they got on the break and got to the rim, it was effective. But Wagner, man, you want to talk about an inefficient stat line. Wagner overall, one of 10 from the field, 0 of four from three, four points, eight rebounds, crashed the glass well, but one of 10 from the field in the biggest game of your life. Definitely did not play like his older brother, Mo Wagner.
1: No, he didn't. And you know, the, I'm, not, I'm never going to criticize a kid for taking a wide open three for the win. I don't think it was a bad shot it was but good I luck. Do, I do agree with the announcers that the the player was falling back for ucla so if he had gone to the hoop, I think he might have scored there and ucla's big man was out with fouls so that might have been advantage Michigan in overtime but I mean he had a good look at the at the rim so you can't you can't criticize him for taking it. It's just nothing would fall for
0: Michigan tonight. You take Johnny Juzang out of UCLA's box score. And by the way, hell of a run for the Bruins. They're an 11 seed and making it all the way to the Final Four. They almost lost Michigan State. Right. You go from the first four in the second half, right, to being down at the break by – I think it was around double digits to Michigan State and then making a run all the way to the Final Four. But we hit on this back on our Selection Sunday podcast where all it takes is one tough game. And once you get by that, then again, UCLA had a bunch of tough games. After that, besides the Abilene Christian one, Alabama. Bama helps them out by missing 14 free throws. And then Michigan, one of their best players, Franz Wagner, goes one attempt from the field. And that, you pretty much book it. But without Johnny Juzang, UCLA shot. Let's see if I could do the quick math on this. 10 of... I'm going to do a little quick subtraction here. 10 of 35 from the field. 10 of 35 from the field without Johnny Juzang. Michigan's defense played well. He just... Credit to him. And also, Jawan Howard not putting Wagner on, juicing until late in the second half, like the final eight minutes of the game. What are you doing for a coach that I I respect the hell out of, and I know you do too, to not put your best on-ball defender, as bad as Wagner was throughout that game, to not have him on UCLA's best offensive player was a joke for much of that game.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I do think Howard's a good coach, but he's still a young coach, so... I think he didn't have his best night tonight, let's be honest. Uh, this is something I think in the future will help him because made, he made he made some mistakes tonight. But it, it just wasn't Michigan's game. I mean, listen, if you're Michigan and you hold UCLA to 27 points at the half, you got to be up close to 15 there. The, I mean, a regular Michigan, as dominant as they've been all year, I mean, they're way ahead at the half usually if they're holding UCLA to 27, and they score 23, just not their night. Uh, I'm sure we would all rather have seen Michigan versus the Zags, but something tells me the
0: Zags are going to pound whoever they played in that (laughs) Final Four game. And we do have a line for the Gonzaga-UCLA matchup, courtesy of Matt Metcalf, came on the podcast earlier in the season. Gonzaga minus 13, total of 143.5 against the Bruins. I don't know a single soul, at least a smart single soul that isn't from the the city of Los Angeles, that's going to bet UCLA plus 13. There's no no reason to bet UCLA against Gonzaga.
1: I, I liked USC tonight uh, against the Zags, right? I I, I didn't, I, I liked the team total over a lot more, but I did think that was going to be a competitive game. I, I thought there was some matchups that USC might be able to stick around with and good Lord. I mean, <laughs> they made them look like a high school team. I mean, USC has got some talented players and they
0: weren't even in that game for five minutes. Yeah. But to your, and I, I get it. I thought your cap of the, Uh, USC team total was solid. My only question mark for USC coming into the game was as much as people were hyping up Evan Mobley, a top two pick. USC shot a combined just around 60% from three in their last two games against Kansas and against Oregon in the the Sweet 16. So that wasn't going to carry over, especially against a much more sound defense in Gonzaga.
1: Yeah, no doubt. But the the reason I liked it, and we we almost saw it at the end there when it, when it, when it came close, is Gonzaga plays fast, even when they're blowing teams out. They, they don't they don't milk the clock. So I'm thinking, even in a blowout, you got a good chance to to get in the low 70s. I mean, they just I mean, they could make a shot for part of that game. So it is what it is. But the the Zags are. They present a lot of problems, man. They're athletic, they're big, they're quick. <laughs> the The way they space the floor when they're running, where their players know where to go is one of the underrated um great things that they do. It's
0: just, they're they're a pleasure to watch play basketball. This is an incredible stat about Gonzaga from John Gasaway of ESPN. Gonzaga outscored its NCAA tournament opponents by 0.34 points per possession which was more than an outscored its West Coast Conference opponents, which was 0.32 points per possession. For anybody, anybody that thought Gonzaga was a product product of its conference, even after what it did in non-conference play, that stat says it all. And yes, UCLA's interior defense is solid. Yes, Cody Riley, from a one-on-one standpoint, I underestimated the guy. I thought Dickinson was going to handle him. Dickinson, obviously, a much younger, big experience and just skill set-wise than Drew Timmy. Timmy should have his way with Cody Riley. If you get Cody Riley into foul trouble, I, I just think this UCLA team runs out of gas. And if you want to put Kispert, IIE, whoever, I mean, Mark Few isn't going to make a mistake on whoever he puts on Johnny Juzang come Saturday in the final four, the latter game of the two games. So it, there's no reason to bet UCLA in this game. No, and I think you make a good point. The
1: way most people capped Michigan, UCLA, it, it didn't work out. But I think that's the exact same way it's going to happen in the next game. Like the Zag size is going to dominate all game long. They just bring guy after guy after guy. We mentioned the Michigan Michigan bigs did not perform well tonight. I don't think you'll see that in the next game. I think UCLA is going to get in foul trouble. They're not deep to begin with. That really. Sometimes you look at these games and you're trying to find
0: value with the underdog. To me, this has 30-point blowout written all over it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I will not be touching UCLA. Tom and I are going to do a podcast on Friday afternoon, so we'll have all of our official Final Four bets. This is just a quick takeaways podcast, but I am not, by any means, going to be switching my take and putting my money down on the burns. All right, let's move over to the other Final Four matchup, Tom. Houston and Baylor. This line's sitting at pretty much a consensus five across most books. If you want to pull up the uh, total at BetMGM, that would be fantastic. But... I'm looking at uh, Houston right now. The only way I see the Cougars stand alive offensively in this game is by dominating the offensive glass. Top two offensive rebounding percentage in college basketball, the number two offensive rebounding rate. Baylor, not a great defensive rebounding team. So if you're able to crash the glass with Justin Gore and Fabian White and Chaney, the Arkansas transfer, they have a shot to maybe keep this a, a snail pace game, keep it more in the half court not allowing Baylor to get out and push the tempo. And then again, Houston has a pretty good perimeter defense in the half court. And in transition, if Baylor was to leak out, which they will, they'll get, they'll get their opportunities. I just, you think about Houston's run to the final four, they beat Cleveland state, your favorite team in college basketball. They beat Rutgers, my favorite team in college basketball, when they shouldn't have even won that game. They beat Syracuse, which is a fantastic matchup for Houston. And they hung on for dear life against Oregon state when the Ethan Thompson and the Beavers made that run in the second half to tie it up with about four or five minutes to go in that game. I don't see as well as Houston can rebound the ball at the offensive end of the floor, Mark Vital, even though this Baylor team, Jonathan Tama um, Flo Thamba, they're not elite on the defensive glass. That's their only attribute. Houston's only attribute to have a shot to win this game. I don't see it coming to fruition or, or even covering that is.
1: Yeah, and you kind of hit on the point I was going to talk about. Baylor might not be the best rebounding team but they're a heck of a lot better than Syracuse and Oregon State like Houston yeah. have huge edge in those two games and I mean listen half that team Calvin Sampson should go around the country and teach rebounding I can't believe how well they rebound without pushing off and touching I mean it's really amazing it's a uh, it, it's something to watch but they're gonna have a much tougher time with Baylor like you mentioned that Baylor has bigger uh Space eaters, guys who can get the boards, not an elite rebounding team, but not an awful rebounding team either. So I think that's going to offset that a little bit. My problem with Houston is in both those wins over Syria and Rutgers, Rutgers, Syracuse and Oregon State. It's been the offense. They've gone through periods where they haven't been able to score. Even Syracuse kind of crept. Listen, Syracuse that they dominated that Syracuse game, and in the second half, Syracuse kind of crept back a little bit because they couldn't score. If they do that against Baylor, it's going to be a long night. Yeah, were you able to
0: pull up that BetMGM line, Tom? For me, I did not. I forgot. Yeah, hang on one second. <laughs> Let me there. Okay, what are we looking for? The Houston Baylor total. I'm not taking this out of the podcast. This is great.
1: Um, that is 135 and a half.
0: Okay. All right. I would, I would consider an under and I, I that's, that's probably the only piece of a side or total in either game. Cause Gonzaga just kind of slowed down the tempo against U- USC. I know that total went under, but they could have blown them out in the second half. They, I mean, they did but they, I thought that total could have gone over a full game, but they just kind of slowed down the pace.
1: Yeah. And I will say this, as I was looking at the lines, the Zags were 13 and a half at locked. Then it moved to 14 and a half.
0: So yeah. money already coming in on, on the Bulldogs for that game. Yeah, it's coming. So would you consider just because of the pace Houston plays at, I know Baylor wants to push the floor, but Baylor's defense is also going to create a lot of havoc for a Houston team that wants to score from beyond the arc. They did it against that Oregon state defense for about a, Three quarters of the game, then then Tinkle went to that 1-3-1 zone. Houston couldn't make any shots. Davion Mitchell against Quentin Grimes. I mean, that's who Mitchell is going to likely get matched up against, right? That is a great matchup for the Baylor Bears defensively, even though Grimes can light it up from time to time. I think the under is worth a look in that game. That's at least where I'm looking early.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I, I think Baylor is going to have success uh, defensively and you know, Baylor's offense got going against Arkansas, but it, they, they kind of matched up well with them. This this is going to be a different a different matchup here with Houston. You know, I just look at these games, though, and I look at UCLA and Houston. They've been great runs to the Final Four. But listen, the Zags and Baylor were supposed to play in December. It got canceled. We didn't see it. I think we're going to see it Monday night.
0: No doubt. It is a, i I'm, – I'm super hyped for that game if we get it. What do you think of potential right now – And in the futures market currently, we could pull that up on BetMGM as well, the King of Sportsbooks. What the futures price is for both of those teams? Because then we can kind of get a gauge on what a potential Gonzaga-Baylor matchup is.
1: Yeah, Gonzaga's minus 225, and Baylor is plus 375. To win it all? Yep.
0: Would you consider a Baylor future right now? I don't think it's the worst bet in the world. I think, listen... They're plus 375. Yeah,
1: Here's the thing. I honestly, listen, everyone knew the Zags were great, right? Nobody, I don't think, with a brain debated that throughout the season. But I really thought they were going to get tested at some point in the tournament. I, I thought one of these teams was going to put forth a good game. It, it was going to go deep into the second half. It just hasn't happened. I have to think that's going to happen with Baylor. Uh, Baylor is an experienced team. They've played all kinds of good teams in the Big 12 throughout the season. They're not going to be intimidated. It's not the worst bet in the
0: world. Yeah, I think that number is very bettable. I've seen Baylor close to around plus 200 and plus 225 to win it all after tonight's game. So you are getting a nice value play on the Baylor Bears at BetMGM if you want to take that bet. That might be the play. Just to take Baylor. If you like Baylor in that Gonzaga game, I know you had Baylor beating Gonzaga. In your bracket, and of course, you're more than welcome to change your opinion at this point or when we record our our national title game podcast. But if you want any bet, like maybe not, maybe just stay away from betting the final four and and bet Baylor to win it all. If you do like the Bears and they, they they match up well against Gonzaga, that's I I get it. Like Gonzaga from a a transition standpoint, if that game is going to be sped up and if Jared Butler isn't shooting well like he hasn't over the last two games. Baylor could win that game by double digits still Gonzaga could win that game by double digits, I should say, but Baylor can hang around in that game because of their physicality. If they're shooting well from three, if Teague shots out if Mitchell is playing aggressively defensively, which he will be, if maybe he's matched up against Corey Kispert for stretches of that game, Uh, there's a case to be made for Baylor and a plus 375 ticket going into the final four. doesn't sound, uh, doesn't sound too bad.
1: No, uh, and one of the things about Baylor, like USC, looked kind of shell shocked tonight when they got down early. I think it was like eleven to four. Um, they never really recovered. Baylor will come in here with confidence. I, I don't think they're going to be one bit, you know, scared or in awe of Gonzaga. So that's one. You know, that's obviously they have to hit shots. They can't turn the ball over. It's it's basketball. But I do think mentally. That's the one team, and I did think the other one was West Virginia. They didn't get very far, but just <laughs> mental toughness, Baylor has that. So even if they get down by five, seven points early, I don't think they'll get blown out. I this one, if this game doesn't go into the second half, I'm going to be stunned because this is this is by far and away the best team that the Zags will have played all season. But you know what? We keep saying that. I mean, they blew out Iowa, they blew out Virginia, they blew out Kansas. It, it, but listen to impressive. the teams you
0: just mentioned: Iowa,
1: yeah, Kansas, not physical, Virginia, States. all crap.
0: Yeah, yeah. They all, they're, they're they're terrible.
1: No, I, I I hear you. I'm just saying it's it's impressive, especially when they came to the tournament and just I mean they're dominating like real teams. Yeah, and that that's kind of why I thought they would have a close game because listen, I'm not. They, they play a tough non-conference schedule, and they can't help their, their conference. But if you look at their non-conference schedule this year, it was kind of tough in name, right? They played Kansas in the first game when Kansas wasn't anything. Auburn is terrible. Virginia stinks. They match up phenomenal with Iowa. And then West Virginia, it was the only team all year besides the third BYU game who, who actually gave them, you know, kind
0: of a fight. So I do think Baylor takes this game to the last 10 minutes. I'm with you. Based on the futures market, it's probably gonna be Gonzaga minus three and a half. I think I think that's a I think around minus three. That's what it was. That's what it opened at back in December when the game was going to be played or late November.
1: Yeah, and I was gonna bet Baylor big in that game. Now I can tell you this right now. You don't have to wait for like the action reports that we do and everything. If Gonzaga is three or three and a half over Baylor, I can assure you the sports books are gonna need Baylor everybody and their mother is going to have their retirement, their homes, their cars or families on <laughs> the Zags minus three, three and a half for that game.
0: I'm with you. That's Tom Casale at the Tom Casale on Twitter. I'm Eli Erzkovic at Eli Erzkovic on Twitter. We are presented by BetMGM, the king of sports books, up to $600 risk-free open a BetMGM account using bonus code Eli 600. And your first bet is totally risk-free up to $600. We're also brought to you by BetQL, which helps you beat the sports books. Download the BeckQL app today in the Apple App Store or Google Play. And BeckQL will be sure to have some of their picks, some of their five star plays for the Final Four coming up this weekend. So thanks for listening and always subscribing, rating, and reviewing the BeckQLU podcast.